Hi, my name is Maria Pesson, founder and host of the podcast for women over 50. On this podcast, I will be speaking with ordinary women like you and I who are over 50, who are looking to make their next act their best act. My goal is to introduce you to inspiring women who are doing great things. Also, check out my group for Women Over 50 on Facebook, where you can join women like yourself for inspiration, ideas, and support. So today, I'm very excited to be able to welcome Billy Sinclair to our podcast. Um, Billy is a wonderful woman doing something really special to help other women. So I'll, I'll introduce you to her, and, and Billy, tell us a little bit about you. Well, hi, Maria. Yes, this is exciting being here. I appreciate the invitation very much and the opportunity to talk to women and to have women, um, you know, be supported. So my background is actually in financial literacy, and I have spent many years in the financial field, in the brokerage industry and such. And then I decided that it would be better if I was a teacher. And so I put myself back into school as an adult learner and I uh, came out of there with certification in classroom uh, facilitation and curriculum development. And so for the last 20 years or so, I've been just teaching personal money management. And believe me, a lot of women could use that because I don't know about, well, obviously you're literate about it. I've always made good money, but I've always let it flitter through my fingers. So this is a lesson that I'm constantly relearning and I'm sure I'm not the only one. Yeah, and uh, that is a really, really great awareness because it's, you know what they say, it's never how much we make, it's how much we keep. And keep doesn't necessarily mean money in the bank, but it does mean being, you know, consciously aware of where our money is going and is it being used in the best way and just kind of feeling like we have some control so that we don't just look around and see that the money's all gone, but we can't remember where it went. Right. That's very true. So continue. Tell us more. Well, I did find that um, all those years that I was in the stock market, it was very male-dominated industry. And as soon as I left there, I began looking for opportunities to have more to be involved in more of a women-centric industry. And so when I found uh, a program for coaching and counseling, as I did in school, I really looked forward to working with women. And, and that was a great transition. And being able to offer women support services and education and helping them achieve their goals. And then also going into entrepreneurship with them uh, and teaching those skills it has really made, um, it's been very rewarding to be able to work with women and contribute to them in that way. So you've turned this into a business, haven't you? Yes, in fact, when I first um, got out of school, I was an employee like everyone else. And then I had some family stuff happen. I had a bit of a family tragedy and my brother ended up committing suicide oh which was of course thing. horrible yeah terrible thing to um go through 
and I was really by myself because we had lost my our mother before him and our brother before them and so it was oh. just me and him and so then it was just me and our father was estranged from the family so now it was just me and my kids now they were older by that time but they were extremely concerned for me and supportive of me and I just realized that you know what um life is precious it's never promised and I slowly started to work my way out of my job and uh, turn myself into a full-time entrepreneur so that I have more control of my time, my energy, my decisions. And um, yeah, it's been, it's been a great journey ever since. I like you, I started my own business um, seven years ago. Actually, it's different than what we're doing now. It's another business that I have as a fashion consult uh, business of fashion consultant. And um, one of the reasons I didn't want to work for anyone anymore was because I wanted to be able to be master of my fate. And I didn't like a lot of decisions that hurt my businesses when I was running them. So this way I had control. So I totally get what you're talking about and how you feel. So tell us about your business. Well, I am, um, I'm, I'm very, supportive in my nature so teaching is a great part of it teaching skills that you know you said something so interesting that um, we can have skills and we assume that everyone else has those same skills and sometimes we feel like really like I don't I don't know anything that everyone else doesn't know but I found out that that was not the case and so even the financial skills that I had were often women would just sit there in awe going, wow, I did not know that. I've heard of those concepts, but I never heard them explained before. And you told me in five minutes more than I've learned in my lifetime about that topic. And so I just found that teaching and coaching was the best place for me to be. Um, I did find that through the experience with my brother, um, I got more interested and involved in the legal industry and also in teaching and coaching in estate planning. And so, of course, I'm not a lawyer, but one of the things I've done with a lot of my women clients is I've helped them prepare the documentation and discuss what it all means before they send it over to the lawyer. So between that kind of coaching and then just one-to-one -one financial coaching, um, I found myself on Facebook. I really wanted to find out where were all these people because they talk about being on the internet and that's where all the people are. But I was like, yeah, but where, uh, what does that even mean? I wasn't really computer literate. I come from the corporate world and I just had a computer on my desk and it was, there was no such thing as the internet. So anyway, make a long story short, I found Facebook. I really loved the concept and so I learned it um, pretty thoroughly and now I have uh, Facebook groups, networking groups across North America and my goal is really to give women a platform where they can share their zone of genius with other women, help each other solve the problems, find the solutions and the um, you know resources that they need and just be able to uh, support them in any way that I can 
think of, really. So if they wanted to find out more about you, where would they go on Facebook? Well, of course, the easiest thing to do is always to start with someone's profile. So fortunately, Billy Sinclair, like Maria Pezen, is a pretty easy name to find. There are not too many Billy Sinclairs out there. And, and it's I Billy with an I-E, B-I-L-L-I-E. Right, you're right. And I am located in Vancouver, BC in Canada. So that again, is it helps people if you, you know, when you're making your profile, especially for women, we, we often think about privacy. But if you privatize your Facebook profile too much, then people can't find you. Or maybe you want to join a Facebook group, but they can't determine that you even live in North America. and Maybe it's not a global group. So I've made my profile quite public. And even though I do get friend requests from fellas in Nigeria, it's, yeah. easy to, <laughs> it's easy to, you know, delete those and block them. And, and Facebook does have enough features in place for I get a lot uh, of men privacy. going on Facebook and wanting to friend me. And I'm thinking, go to a dating service. What is this, a way to like cheap out? Leave me alone. <laughs> No, I, I ignore those guys, but yes, I know what you mean. Um, I do have a fairly public profile, but I do get the odd, the occasional odd um, friend request, which I, I definitely delete. So yeah, me too. You've been doing this a while. How long have you been doing it for? I discovered uh, online or social media marketing in 2013, so I guess I'm at my seven-year mark. Me too. I started my business in 2013. Must be a magic number. So um, do you mind if I ask you how old you are? Sure. I am almost 62. 62 You're a baby. I'm 63. I'll be 63. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so that's great. So you, you did this after you turned 50, which oh, yeah. is what I love um, to hear because a lot of times people, when they're over 50, we think we need to wind down and we don't necessarily have to be that way. We could still have all the opportunities that we had when we were younger and we could start businesses, we could do whatever we want. And it's, it's a whole new world. It's not like it used to be where you look at my grandparents at my age and they look like they were like, half dead i mean they just they looked old for they looked 20 years older than we do now and they were very frumpy and you know tired and stuff i mean they certainly didn't work out and my grandmother i don't know about yours she always wore a dress she didn't even own a pair of pants so she was always like you know dressed up but you know they just are were different nowadays the world is our oyster. And what's also interesting is that there's so many of us. We have so much power. We don't even realize how much power we have because there's such a big population of women our age. So um, that's exciting that you started it there. What, what do you attribute your success to? Well, perhaps like Damon John might say, the power of broke which is one of his books that I absolutely love. I come from a poverty-stricken family. My parents are European immigrants that came with nothing and spoke no English. Uh, they broke they up from? when they're from Hungary. Mm -hmm. 
and they broke up when the children were two, four, and six, and I was the eldest. And uh, that was in an era when there weren't really any single mom's resources. It wasn't a thing back then. And so my mother really never earned very much money her whole life. And um, I always was more goal oriented and I was a bit more of a risk taker. So I did start businesses when I was a kid, you know, I, I, walked the neighborhood with the regal catalog and stuff like that I always wanted more because we didn't have anything and so I think that that has contributed a lot to my personality and my desire to excel good for you that's great I had a business myself when I was 12 or 13 it was a daycare center me and my best friend we had six kids and we charge them a dollar a day and i'm telling you it cost us more than we made (laughs) (laughs) to buy the arts and crafts and the snacks and stuff it was crazy but it was my first entrepreneurial experience and i think that if you have it in your blood it's something that you know follows you your whole life and helps to mold you so are you are you enjoying being over 50 um, you know, I don't actually feel that much different, um, but there are times when I say to myself, I wish I had have done A, B, C sooner, but mm. then I re- remind myself that, you know, there's no, there's no mistakes in life, so you can't actually get it wrong. You just keep going, and I hope that I live to be 100. That's certainly my plan. And um, I'm with you. Just, yeah. Yeah, I just feel like there's really, you know, we come with wisdom and uh, with quite a bit of patience, I find, at this age. Um, but at the same time, certain what we might call posture, you know, we've got women can look up to us. Whereas, you know, when I was younger and I was uh, trying to do things in the business world, sometimes I was too young. They didn't look up to me when I was in the stock market, for example. And you were a woman to top it all off, a young, attractive woman. You were like meaningless. You know, when my ex-husband was a stockbroker and he worked at Shearson Lehman, which was like the biggest brokerage house in, um, at that time and they had like 2,000 offices and he had this book of all the different offices and addresses with the name of the managers and the assistant managers now I'm telling you thousands of offices they had zero um, female sales managers and two assistant managers yeah I believe it it wasn't, wasn't a thing, you know, there was no respect for that in those days. So, so you I always think, bucked the trend. <laughs> I always bucked the trend. I wore purple suits to work. <laughs> Good for you. So you're, you're here and you're, you're not shy about it. <laughs> well, I think I am introverted, but uh, I still just am uh, independent. I'm independent and introverted. So that is the unusual combination. Um, So like you said earlier, I don't really like to be told what to do. The only jobs that I've ever really loved 
were jobs that I was in charge of what I had to do. They just gave me a project and said, go do it whatever way you think is suits the situation. And then I could feel like I was getting up and going to the office every morning, doing what I wanted to do, not what someone else wanted me to do. Yeah, it's much better when you have ownership of a project. So now that you're over 50, I'm sure that there are certain superpowers that you have that you didn't have in your 20s. Could you name some? Well, I definitely find that experience is a superpower. I have a lot of experience to draw on. And again, sometimes I forget that I have skills that other people don't have that I just learned over the course of time and um, I can draw on them very quickly. So I guess that would lend me to say that I have a pretty robust toolkit and there's not too many things that I can't figure out if I don't know how to do them already. Mm -hmm. And then I think the third thing might be patience. Um, I don't have to talk, I can listen. I don't have to, I, I like being in charge, but I don't have to have the limelight. Um, I don't mind, you know, sharing the limelight. And um, I just feel like uh, getting the job done is more important than having the notoriety. Mm -hmm. And um, so I, I think those are some of my superpowers. I, I think I would mention one more, which is that not everyone is a teacher. I figured that out too. In my mind, I think everyone's a teacher. But then I meet people that they really don't care about passing on the knowledge that they have to others. They just want to use the knowledge and benefit from, which is fine. I'm not saying they should or shouldn't. But when you are a teacher, then every time you learn something, you seem to want to share it. Like, oh, who can I tell this to? People need to know about this. I need to get this information out there. And I think Wonderful. that's a super power. That's a type of advocacy um, that I think really, really helps people, really helps women. And um, I'm sure that they benefit from all of the years that you have. I agree with you that we don't really know how much we know until we have to teach someone who doesn't know. You know, in my business, I work with a lot of startups who want to get into the fashion industry. Mm -hmm. And when I explain, you know, when I coach them and I consult with them and I give them the information, sometimes I don't realize that they don't even know the basics of what I'm talking about. And I make assumptions that they know this. And then I realize, and I have realized over the years that people, you really have to be at the beginning. People really don't always know and you can't always assume that they know. So I think That's that true. you're, yeah, I think your approach is, you know, right on because, and sometimes I forget what I know until I'm teaching someone who doesn't know. And I think, oh, that's interesting. They don't know that. Mm -hmm. And I've certainly found that's the case with my life on social media because um, the Facebook groups that I take care of, you all get, again, you assume that women that are on Facebook promoting a business would know what they're doing. And of course, I find out that lots of times they know the bare bones and they're just eager to market their business or make some money. 
but they don't actually understand all the nuances. So they're not either um, taking advantage of all of the tools that they have, or they're just plain old using it wrong and sometimes shooting themselves in the foot before they even have someone that's like a hot prospect. So I like, I just really want women to understand that social media can be used to your advantage. So don't wreck it in the beginning with your audience, you know, try and learn some of the best tools for building brand and building and developing relationships and, and having some posture online so that people want to follow you and want to listen to you and want to learn from you. So as an entrepreneur, what do you think is the best part of that independence? Do you find that you have more or less financial security? Um, I don't think I think too much about security in that way. I think I will have more security yet in the future. Um, to me, security is, um, it's almost like once I have the resources in the bank, then I feel more secure. But I think what you're saying is a kind of security where if I want to go make some money, I'm in charge of me and I can figure out how to go do that. So uh, with all of these people following me on social media and asking me for guidance here and there, just give you an example. Eventually I was like, you know what? I don't have time to help all these people. So I started a group. And in that group, I share free content about how to build on social media, how to really grow your business. And I still found that that was a little bit piecemealing it. Like when I had a great idea, then I would go make a post. But some people wanted more structure. And so I said, you know what, I'm going to create a course. And I had a girlfriend who's very talented with uh, Canva and making slides. So I asked her to make me the slides. I figured out the content and I just started telling people about it. And I wanted to make it super affordable so that everyone could just jump on board. So it was $20. Wow. And right. It's an hour and a half Zoom presentation with slides and examples and screen share. And then they could rewatch it. So they have lifetime access to that. So when they're ready to learn a little bit more about how to post properly, for example, or how to build their brand, they can just go back to the Zoom link. And 50 people signed up very quickly. And it's not a lot of money, but it was just the idea that it's a skill, I have it, I know how to teach it, I decided to go do it, and I made $1,000. So it's, it's maybe that kind of freedom that you're talking about, that if I want to generate some cash flow, I know what to do and I'm in charge of it. I don't have to ask permission. Right. And I also think that in this day and age, even if it's not a full-time thing, having a side gig where you have money coming in, no matter how your company is doing, because these days there's no security in working so having something that you do yourself that you can build and own and keep no matter what anyone else does is really important and something to think about so if someone wanted to get that course how would they do that oh well they can certainly reach out to me on facebook what i did was i started a facebook group for all of the paid subscribers 
So if they want to do that, they will just reach out to me on Facebook. I'll send them the PayPal link. They send me 20 bucks and we pop them into the group so that they can, again, have lifetime access to the Zoom link. And um, yeah, it's pretty, pretty straightforward. I made it pretty easy. And right now the attendees are asking me for another course, this time on group but I haven't completed that yet. But there will be um, future courses for sure. So tell me, is there one woman in your life that you can think of that's inspired you? Not necessarily a celebrity, but it could be. Um, who would that be? Well, for me, that answer is actually pretty simple because I'm, uh, I'm involved in the legal world right now. And so, one of the people that I admire the most is Ruth Bader Ginsburg, so RBG. And if you've never seen her, the movie about her life, which is um, on, the sub, on the topic of sex, I think it's called. And it's really about gender and about gender equality and about what you and I were just saying about women entering fields that were typically male-dominated and what that was like for her to become a lawyer and then a judge in the American legal system. So RBG is definitely my hero. Well, that's a good hero. My, one of my closest friends also looks up to her and talks about her. So I think that she's a role model for a lot of women and I hope for young women as well. So yeah. I want to thank you so much for being here with us. I've really enjoyed having you and have a wonderful day. Mm -hmm.